Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And welcome back. Thank you guys for joining us in another fun and exciting week. Woohoo! Uh, we are ending spooky month. We we just went past that one and it was it was a fun one. That's for sure. We had a hell of a lot of fun going through some really great horror genres, exploring those. But now we want to explore something a little bit wider i would say a little bit more massive on the scale and gaping gape <laughs> i don't know if that's <laughs> the right word to use right now but <laughs> but we are talking about massively multiplayer online games mmos which are nowadays a lot of people i would say everybody has a general idea of what an mmo is and if you even like them in to begin with right but i would say that Probably most people who are playing them nowadays don't actually know the origins of MMOs and exactly how long they've really been around. Actually, when doing research on this, I know I was completely floored uh, whenever I found out exactly how old MMO games actually were. Uh, so that was pretty astounding, actually. And then um, we'll go into some of the games that we actually enjoy, some of the ones that we find really interesting, and uh, kind of focus in on those ones a little bit later in the episode. But first, we're just going to go over some general thoughts and whatnot, and just kind of see where it goes from there. It's a little bit more of like a looser episode for us, but it's going to be, you know, informational and fun as all of our episodes are. <laughs> So when it comes to MMOs, what's your general take on them? Are you a fan? Do you not like them as much? How do you feel about that? The massive multiplayer online game where you're surrounded by thousands of people that you have no idea who they are and all they're doing is just dancing next to you. I'd rather deal with that than people in real life. I'll say that. It's a very good um, <laughs> I I have a weird past with MMOs. I During high school, so early 2000s i that's basically all i played at one point like i didn't even touch you know my my consoles really it was more so just like really i played some of the bigs mm -hmm. but i'm actually really like my mmo experience really started with some of the more off shoot ones they weren't really like massive multiplayer they were kind of different takes a lot of like korean mmos okay so they were more grind fests but so a lot I'll of like more squid game and stuff like that I'm just yeah <laughs> um but i'll definitely get more into that when we actually talk about the games because there's i looking back and looking at lists of this i'm like damn i've played a lot of them so yeah but, but what about you I actually am not a big fan of MMOs and I know that this genre is Shock. huge and like I'm starting actually I, I take that back I'm starting to actually get into them but that's because of one specific title um it's Final Fantasy 14 thank you Final Fantasy for getting me into games in general JRPGs and now MMOs you did it again you guys but <laughs> that game <laughs> that there's a reason to it and at first i didn't enjoy that game either um and for me mmos are basically just information overload it's a lot to take in all at once and it can feel a little overwhelming so that's why i kind of would always just end up going back to my you know more classic rpgs and stuff like that because there's more of a linear path to follow at that time and it's actually the same reason why i didn't like fallout 4 
it's whenever you first hop into the game, it's like, okay, cool. Here's the quest, but now here's 50 other things that you can do too if you really want to that have nothing to do with the quest. But there's a time period that needs to be done, but it's not really there. So don't worry about it. So go do your thing, right? Like, and mm-hmm. when I first put, started playing that game, I was like, yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Like, I ended up going <laughs> and doing side quests for like four hours. And then I was like, wait, what was this story about? And that's when I realized I don't really care. And I feel like that's the same thing that happens to me a lot whenever I play MMOs or at least try to in the past. I would get bogged down with side quests and other things that I could do that were kind of catching my interest. And for some people, that might be exactly why you enjoy MMOs is the fact that you can get lost in them. But whenever I play a game, I really want to get drawn in by the story of it. I want to learn about this world around me. And I feel like the side quests are just a distraction from that it's distracting me from the world that these designers spent so long creating and and just giving to you and then you just kind of stare at you know chickens or go buy a pot for someone or do you fetch quests you know like it just it felt like i was ignoring the world rather than embracing it but that could just be my interpretation of it. I know that for some people that might not be how they view these side quests and fetch quests and things like that. They feel like it is making them part of the world and more immersed in it. But it just it it always kind of took me out of it, which is kind of strange, I guess. I I agree with you. The the throwing everything at you is one of the reasons why I couldn't get in the wow for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like I, the games I played that were MMOs were more linear. They didn't throw a lot at you, but I mean, to this day, like going back to what you when you asked, like, do I like them? It's nowadays, it's more so. I just don't really have time to devote to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I've been playing fourteen a lot again recently before the expansion comes out, but. To me, in the back of my mind, I'm always like, this is just a black hole. Like, I'd rather spend this time playing a condensed story, you know, like getting lost in an actual like world, not some like open world where you kind of make your own fun in a sense. And I mean, I still struggle with that idea when I'm playing 14 because I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm just trying to get the next mount. It doesn't doesn't amount to anything. I mean, the story in 14 is really good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there is that side of it. Like, that's honestly what kept me going to the end game was just to see the story. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for the story, I, I probably wouldn't be there. Because, I mean, I tried playing other MMOs again that I used to love, and they just didn't do it for me anymore. Mm. Like, I think that's why I haven't really touched New World. Because I'm like, I don't want to get invested in a whole nother MMO. I don't want to learn about all the rotations. Like, I'm good where I'm at, and that's it, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of them, but when I started doing research on MMOs, I'm kind of getting more interested in them, or at least I'm appreciating appreciating them as a game genre, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I really had no idea how old or the origins of MMOs. And I think that's the great thing about this podcast and the show. Um, and we've talked about this a few times, but the fact that like 
it, it's really showing us a lot about games that we just had no idea was there um, and just kind of like forcing us to do the research and really appreciate the medium for what it is and how much work has actually gone into them. So the idea of MMOs, they weren't originally called that and they weren't actually online just yet because online didn't really exist, but they were uh, games that were able to interface with multiple people on a set server, like with, you know, like that, that kind of thing. Like think about, you know, playing in your basement with your buddies and setting it up like that. But they actually started in 1974, which is nuts to think about. So think about that, right? Like this is before AOL dial up screen names, chat rooms, all that crap. We, they were laying down the groundwork for MMOs in 1974, which is just completely insane. And the first game to actually do that was called maze war. Um, it was a simple little game that you just kind of walk around. It's like, um, I guess like Wolfenstein kind of style where like you're going through Mm. different corridors. It's all just basic line arts, but it was actually played on what was called ARPANET. And if you don't know what ARPANET is, that's okay. Most people don't know what that is. It's a concept that we don't really know about unless you're in like the tech business. Uh, It was internet before internet. That's basically what it was. And this actually ran on that for a while, and it kind of inspired a lot of people to then create games. And mm. the these games that wanted, uh, a lot of the designers wanted to incorporate different ways of having multiple people playing at the same time and sharing this experience with others. And it's all inspired by Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, creating that sense of togetherness, but through a computer screen at this time. And the... The first aspects of that genre, they weren't called MMOs. They were actually called MUD. And MUD usually stands for multi-user dungeon. So, and these were kind of more like text-based games, stuff like that. And it was basically just that. It was a, a way for multiple people to traverse through a dungeon or at least chat in a like a hub chat room area and then go and do the dungeon on their own. So like it was like creating the initial like aspects of you know playing together in a way so it's kind of interesting um and they actually do have a game called mud which is a mud game you know kind of keeps going down that rabbit hole uh and it just really set things off in a very interesting way and early early on there's this game called avalon that kind of piqued my interest because it didn't have quests built into the game now, that's kind of a nuts theory, right? Like, if huh. someone said, like, hey, check out this game. There's no quests. It's awesome. Like, my brain would instantly be like, what? <laughs> it's a role. What do you do? Yeah, it's an RPG that there's no quest. Well, what they actually did is they created a player-driven government in which the players actually set up the world. They can farm. They can do whatever they want, really. They kind of left it very open. Or they can even go at war with one another and create these, like, mini empires, which made it really interesting so that they can, you know, the players had full control over what they were doing. And yeah, it's just kind of a nuts idea. I've never heard of anything really like that. Do you know of any games in, like, recent history that kind of gave that freedom to the player where there really isn't anything laid out in front of them. They can kind of literally just make the world what they want it to be. I don't 
think we've really seen anything with that much freedom. Like some games try to do that, but in the end of the day, it's still all controlled, you yeah. know? So to think that this game came out in the 80s, like early 80s, that makes it even more impressive. And coming at it from like a game design perspective or someone who has studied games and is trying to make that into like a potential career path, like this is something to really think about where 30 or 30 years from this game about and we haven't been able to actually we're 40 years from this game since this game's come out and that sense of freedom that was given to the player hasn't really been seen in something like a triple a title and so i would be really curious to see if some like random indie studio out there is developing this same style of game to re-release or whatnot right so that could be kind of crazy but another thing that I'm not a huge fan of um, when it comes to MMOs, and I know it sounds like I'm just kind of completely bashing on MMOs right now, but the whole idea of paying a monthly fee to continue to play a game, it just doesn't really work out for me. It kind of goes against like my childhood where I couldn't have every game in the world because we didn't have a lot of money. So the games I picked were really long games that, you know, you got the most bang for your buck. I was able to play it for a really long time and enjoy it, but it was probably my one and only game I'd get for that year, right? Um, <laughs> so having to pay for a monthly subscription to continue playing the same game just sounds kind of outrageous to me. And now, you know, like Final Fantasy fourteen is what, like 15 bucks a month or something like that? Yeah, so yeah. that's that's not that like to me that's kind of steep still. I'm like, and I still question like, do I really want to keep paying this? Um, whenever I, there's some months where I feel like I'm not even really playing it that much, um, and like now like looking back at some of the research that I've done, fifteen bucks a month sounds really nice. <laughs> that sounds really really cheap because uh, I don't know if you guys know about this, but early internet days, you actually had to pay per minute to use the internet. Yeah, I know. Fuck that. A lot of people, you, like your mind just got blown. You have no idea what that means. Think about how much money or how much time you've spent scrolling through Instagram or whatever it may be, or Twitter, or, you know, all those YouTube videos you're watching. Uh, even listening to this, uh, even you'd have to pay per minute to use the internet. So there were games, these early like uh, online or MMO games, that you actually had to pay per minute to play the games. And some of them would go upwards of $12 a minute. Yikes. Like, I can't even imagine how that would go. Because some dialogue has to go on for like 10 minutes in games, right? So you imagine spending mm -hmm. 100 bucks just to hear, my name is Gwen, <laughs> right? Like... He's <laughs> like, I am the king here, and follow me as I walk slowly through the town, and you try and run ahead to the next area. But it is locked because I haven't got there yet. You know, like there has to be some aspects in that where, like, you're just kind of locked into following this character around, and you just got to remember. Think it has to be like in the back of your mind the whole time. It's like, fuck, that's another ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and that just sounds so insane to me. But there was a premium plan for some of these games as well, where spending the $12 a month, you could pay uh, the cheap, cheap fee of $120 a month to enjoy this game as much as you want. And God, $120 a month. And this is in the early 90s now. 
like 120 bucks a month in the early 90s is just outrageous. It's a lot. That is so much money. I can't even imagine that. And can you do you think you would have been able to convince your mom <laughs> to pay 120 bucks a month because you just really like this video game? Barely convinced him to buy me a game, which barely costs right? that much. That's that at that time that was like three games, three or four games, and you're paying that for one game every month. Nah, nah, that's that's bonkers. That's just straight insanity right there. But you know that that's kind of like the early set of it, and those are like really my main gripes with MMOs. It's it's a lot of information. It's a lot of stuff being dumped on you at one time. And usually they do come with some sort of monthly fee or they're constantly trying to force feed you some sort of new purchase, whether it's aesthetics or some side quests that you really do want to play because you want to continue enjoying this game. But they're forcing you to continue paying for it um, and just trying. It feels like it's just a money grab where they're just trying to get as much out of me as possible instead of just letting me yep. pay 60 bucks, enjoy the game and just you know praise it up like to the ends of the earth like if i could get some of these like if i could play final fantasy 14 for 60 bucks and then that's the one time i have to pay for it and i get the rest of it dude that game would be amazing i would that would probably be my favorite game in the world but i always like in the back of my mind i'm constantly thinking about that extra little cost that happens to be there so i don't know it's just that's kind of like my little rant spiel about some of it it is a long rant i know but it's that's kind of where my mind always is whenever i'm playing these mmo games even in modern times you know at the playstation 3 like when 14 was on there you remember you had to pay the playstation plus and then you had to pay the subscriptions that was 30 dollars a month oh god which is a lot especially back then when 14 was not that great like it (laughs) It's just, you know, it, it was expensive, man. Like that, like early, like console internet, you always had to pay that extra fee. And it's just like, God, that sucked too. There's so many fees, fees on fees on fees. Just kind of nuts. Right? So that's, I feel like that might be enough negative energy thrown out in the world for MMOs. Let's talk about something positive with them. So what's, what's your, some of your the standout games when it comes to MMOs. What's the ones that you really enjoyed while you were growing up? Oh man! All right, so you're about to hear the history of like some old guy talking about. Just all right, all right, internet. kids, pop but, a um, squat, sit down next to the fire, listen to the boomer talk. <laughs> um, so growing up, like I I had the internet early, right, but. I never really, I didn't do any of those paid for an online service for when, so when there was like a free one, I, I'd be interested in it. You know, I remember, I think the first MMO I really ever saw, but I didn't really put the pick, like put it together. Cause I was really young. No, uh, was, <laughs> oh God, that game was cool though. Um, but Tibia, I remember like on message boards, people would talk about it. Never got into it because it seemed too high IQ because I was like mm. 10, even under, like less than 10 years old. Um, I think I remember EverQuest being big, but I felt like that was a game mm. for grownups. And I think my first MMO that I really ever played 
And I used to play this in high school because for some reason it wasn't blocked on the library computer. It was RuneScape. And this is the old RuneScape. Like, I know a lot of people out there grew up with what they call the old school RuneScape. But I grew up with the even older looking version. The the 2D ugly looking one. And when I played that, I was like, oh my god, this is what an MMO is? This is amazing. Like... You level up your cooking. Like, you had a bunch of skills you could level up. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. Like, there was so much to it. And I remember there was a paid side of it, right? So I think it was $5 a month. or It was, it was something kind of cheap, but still too expensive in the eyes of my parents being like, why are you paying monthly for this? But I remember one time I, I talked them into giving me a month of it. And it was so cool because it opened the other half of the whole world map. And it was huge. It was like basically the same size as the free side of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. There's so much to it. You know, like RuneScape was the shit growing up, you know, like hang out in the wilderness, PvP. Like it was it was an experience, especially like in high school, because you're like, oh, this is cool. Like a bunch of my friends are playing it. And it's interesting because. At one point, even in the Guinness Book of World Records, it was recognized as the largest free MMO. That's awesome. And you could play in your browser. So you didn't have to download anything. You just connect on the browser and boom, you're set. Uh, I kind of stopped playing once that the newer version came out. Uh, And then that's kind of when my friends and I gravitated towards like Korean MMOs. So... I think the one that I got into the most was Maple Story. I played that in beta, wow. right? So it came out and I think it came out. When did it come out? It came out 2003. Uh, I played the beta of it. So it was a little before that. And from the beta all the way until, oh my God, I know after high school. So probably 2009, like I played it almost seven years. That's, that's impressive. And I played it a lot, dude. Like, I, I'm glad that there's no way to track the hours <laughs> I spent on it because I would be embarrassed <laughs> by it. But, I mean, I had friends that played it, so it made it fun. You know, I think that was really the only MMO until recently where I had friends to play with. And that's why I just got so sucked into it. And, I mean, MapleStory is weird. It's It's a 2D MMO, so it's not your, like immersive 3d world but it was cool and i mean yeah it had their you know paid part thrown at you and i mean it makes sense you know you give a free game you gotta have paid they gotta make their money somehow yeah and as i got older i just kind of grew out of it and then like maybe five years ago i started getting back into it just to see what was new and there was a lot and but my friends stopped playing and then I started realizing, like, this game kind of sucks, like, without anybody <laughs> there. Like, it just, it it looks cute and it's cool, but that spark mm-hmm. was gone. Uh, but at that time, so the early 2000s was kind of like a big time for MMOs. I mean, you had your big boys, like, WoW and Final Fantasy XI and EverQuest still going, Dungeons and Dragons Online. Like, you had your big 3D ones, right? But like I said before, I was big into the Korean ones. Ragnarok Online was another one I loved. Uh, I always played on the private servers because normally you'd have to pay Mm -hmm. for them, right? But the private servers took away the grind. So why not? And it was 
beautiful art. Like it was, you know, the, the pixel on a 3d plane, like my favorite kind of style. And I mean, if there was any older MMO that I think you would actually like the style of, I think that would be the game for you. But because it's so outdated, it's not really worth mm. playing anymore. But um, that there was fly, which was cool because you get the fly super early on and you get the fly everywhere. And I was like, this is cool. I don't have to like do shit and I can just fly. And man, I loved old MMOs. Like it was just, it felt like a wild west because there were so many ideas being thrown, but at the end of the day, you still have to grind your ass off. And being younger, I didn't mind it. Nowadays, I'm like, please stop, right. you know? And I feel like with that mentality of putting grinding in all these games, it really enforced that, oh, pay your way to skip this, you know? Because you start seeing like even single player games nowadays where they make the grind kind of hard, like a Ubisoft game. And they throw in that, here's that experience boost. And I feel like they stole that mentality from these early MMOs where it's like, oh, they can just pay their way to skip if they want because they know people do it in MMOs. And I mean, hey, if people want to spend money to level up faster, cool for them. You know, I, I never really saw the point, but people have busy lives they want to experience a game yeah they can't power yuck the to yum them. for whatever they want to do it's their money right what the fuck is yuck, yuck the yum, yum. They don't don't that bash their gross. pleasures whatever it may be right it's their money they do what they want with it yeah you have a good point <laughs> um you know but there was the cool thing is that during that time it wasn't just like mmorpgs like there were other kind of mmos coming out right like you i mean i guess they were more so just like online multiplayer before it was really mm -hmm. a big thing like i look at guns the duel i fucking loved mm -hmm. that game like it was just it was a deathmatch kind of game but it had like rpg elements kind of to it like you would buy like every time you finish a match i don't know why i'm skipping to this this is an mmo but this mm -hmm. was around that time and you can unlock new outfits right and like level 20 you got to wear a trench coat which i thought oh, was yeah, cool like shit. and yeah and i was like this is awesome and like it was cool because it had all these flashy moves right so you would get a gun and you can have a, either another gun or a sword and if you got really good at the sword you can like like when someone would shoot at you you could deflect all the bullets with mm -hmm. that sword and it was like the coolest game i'm like dude why did this game like disappear like it was it was so cool um but mm. it died and uh you know i'm noticing nowadays a lot of these old art mmos are coming back like they're being rebirth you know you see guild wars is still going on which that's probably one of the few mmos i never touched back in the day and people apparently still really like it um apparently lineage too is getting like a new version. I just actually saw a video this morning, like not even thinking about this episode. There was like Lineage 2M is coming out and it's going to do cross play for the first time of any MMO. Like it's like all this like flashy stuff. And it's like, I thought that MMO died. Like that was one of the first, I think, MMOs that tried to incorporate that whole castle siege okay. kind of thing. And I think that's kind of like what New World has with the whole controlling territories and stuff. But 
it's weird that these old MMOs from 20 years ago are being brought back to life for really no reason. I mean, nowadays you look at WoW and Final Fantasy 14 as like end all be all in a sense because it has so much stuff. And then New World is the new player and, you know, it incorporates some new things into it. So it makes right. sense that it's there. And this one. I don't know what ever happened to it because I remember there was a beta, but Ashes of Creation, Never I think it was called. And it was an MMO where players could make choices to change the map. So say you get a certain point in the world, right? And there'd be like a kingdom having a feud. If enough players selected a certain dialogue choice over the span of probably like a month or two, it could actually change the map. Kind of like how Fortnite does it where every like season it changes the map. It would do something like that. And this was like talked about like years ago. But I don't think anything ever really came of this game or if they're still working on it. But you know, there's a lot of interesting ideas getting pumped into MMOs. And most of the time it just doesn't work yeah. and it's sad. You know? And we get stuck with games that are like second life. Yeah. No, it's, I agree. It, it's kind of crazy. No, nothing wrong no. with Second Life, but no. you know. yeah, they, they definitely have come a long way and they've definitely changed a lot throughout the years. And just there's so many out there, so much variety and just kind of like, yeah, it's it's one of those genres that I definitely do want to like check out some more. And actually, if people are interested, Ragnarok is available on iOS, actually. Go figure. Um, and there hmm. actually is a pre-order right now for Ragnarok Origins, which is their new version of Ragnarok, and that will be coming oh. out on November 10th. So there you go, if you guys are kind of curious. Oh, another one that I've really been wanting to check out that people used to praise, and I heard a lot of people liking it now, is the Star Wars, oh, The Old yeah, Republic. That, like, didn't? Yeah. It looks awesome. really cool. I think they made it, like, mostly free. So, I mean, that that's one I definitely want to check out. I remember, this is another one, was the Star Wars Galaxies, the old MMO. That was amazing. Being a bounty hunter and actually hunting, like, players and shit was freaking that cool. Really, that actually sounds really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Really fun, actually. But Damn. All right. So, uh... Real quick, we're going to take a quick little break here. We're going to hear where from our sponsors, uh, and then we're going to come back and continue this little discussion on MMOs, where we are going to go into a little bit more into the future, talk about some more modern ones and our takes on where the genre might be going. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. <laughs> hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. Ugh. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. 
Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. (laughs) All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. All right. Welcome back, you guys, as we continue our little discussion here on MMOs. And I actually want to touch bases on a couple of them. I want to focus on two of them right now. And we mentioned them both throughout the episode so far. Uh, I want to talk about Final Fantasy XIV, and I want to talk about New World a little bit more. Um, I know that neither one of us have played New World as of now, but checked out a lot of it and been doing a lot of research on it. And I really like what it's doing with the genre. And I think it's doing some interesting things. But before we go into that, I want to talk about Final Fantasy XIV, you guys. This is like the big hitting one right now. Everybody fucking loves Final Fantasy XIV. And it I gotta say, I get the appeal. I understand why it's so popular. And I can... I mean, it got me into or like at least curious about mmos right now even though it's not really the genre of choice for me um but when i first started playing it it was way overwhelming and it was kind of falling into that same trope so i didn't want to give up on it just uh, like right away and i started doing some research and apparently like this is something that i feel like a lot more people should do and you might actually appreciate mmos a little bit more if you're kind of on the fence with them but final fantasy 14 actually has it so that you can change the ui up to fit your settings and i think that is such an important aspect to have giving the players that customization allows them to kind of you know it gives the player the ability to absorb as much information as they want at any given time instead of all the crap that gets floated on the screen at one point in time, right? And I think it's such an important aspect when it comes to these because it can be a lot to look at. And where, you know, you go to a main hub world and all you see is names splattered across your page, you can't even see buildings anymore. That's not fun for me, but... (laughs) So I found out that you could actually remove all those names. And then all of a sudden, I was like, holy crap, this game looks amazing. (laughs) Like, the scenery looked beautiful. Like, I was missing all this. That's a whole... Wow. So it's it's kind of it's a cool thing. And I, I'm curious of what your take is on being able to customize games on that level uh, for the player themselves. Is it taking away from the designer's original intent or do you think it's something that more games should incorporate into them as long as it doesn't break the overall theme and gameplay of it? Oh, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I know with WoW they have it, but it's through mods, you know, like with there they don't it doesn't come packed in where you can change the ui you have to you know you can download different mods to change those ui elements to look differently and make it cleaner but the thing i like about 14 is that it's just all customizable you know like it it is kind of crazy how much you can actually edit in that and for me i didn't really change that much compared to some of my friends that play it and I see their like hub where mm-hmm. it's very minimal. 
I think I just kind of move my hot bars in the really different spaces to where it doesn't really crowd the screen. Uh, cause I'm not a person, I'm not a monster who clicks on their hot kit on their skills. I actually use <laughs> keys for it. Um, I'm a monster and, cause I play on console. <laughs> I know a lot of people do and a lot of people make it look so easy and it's just like, I don't know for me, like, I, I do really weird. appreciate what 14 did for the consoles because there's a lot of stuff that you can click on and interact with, but it did make it very easy to interact with everything like almost seamlessly with the controller. So they really did a lot of research mm. into how to make that controller work. And like technically, I have four hot bars at any given time, and it doesn't feel like I'm getting bogged down with too much information. It's just a quick, easy, like I set it up to double tap. So if I double tap R2, then it brings up my secondary hot bars, right? If you just hold down R2, it brings up your first hot bars. So like you kind of put more of your primary attacks on the first one, your secondary attacks on, you know, the double tap, or maybe even your items on the double tap or gestures or whatever it may be, the stuff that you're not going to use all the time. So it's not just always there in front of your face. So it's kind of nice the way that they set it up. I really do enjoy that aspect of it. And I feel like other games might benefit from this. It's a, it's a cool idea. And I like the fact that it's baked in and it's not a mod that I have to download in order to ex like enjoy the game. It, it really does feel like the developers of Final Fantasy XIV listen to the audience like wholeheartedly. And they give them everything they need to just purely enjoy the title without any distractions, which is just really nice. It's a really fun feature. Yeah, I think because I remember playing it on the PS3. So I, I started with the controller uh, and it just it felt seamless compared to other adventures of MMOs with the controller. You know, like it, I don't feel like it was really done well before. I mean, I think my prior experience with a game similar to it was Fantasy Star Online, but even then, like, they still, it, it wasn't, like, a massive open world, so the controller made sense there. But the way 14 really made it easy with switching between the hotbars, it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Like, I'll watch people play it like that, I'm like, damn, like, it's faster than how I can hit keys, like... yeah crazy yeah it's really it's really cool. clever it's a really great innovation and speaking of clever innovations let's dive into new world for a little bit um i really do enjoy the concept behind this game i feel like it's doing exactly what monster hunter world did for that franchise like monster hunter world is or monster hunter in general is just a very difficult game to get into there's so much that you can do so many different things you can like modify for your play style a lot of different just different aspects that are there that are kind of hidden from the player but you need to really know how to use all this stuff in order to actually progress in the game because it's a very difficult game but what they did with monster hunter world they simplified everything to make it more approachable and then now they're kind of like trickle feeding all of the extra stuff so it's getting people used to like the core gameplay and then now you can kind of slowly introduce more and more concepts as you want at your own pace which is really nice and from what i've seen of new world it almost feels like they're kind of following that same model uh for mmos 
where it's you're not really getting bogged down with a whole lot of information. The the early gameplay seems kind of linear to a certain extent. Like sure you can go out and just start, you know, gathering things, you can go explore, but the quests seem very like go do this, get this. Like it, it's very simplified at first and then once you get to like the bigger area like the main camp then it kind of broadens out a little bit and you can then you know then it broadens out from there and then right like it it's it's nice how it's slowly kind of unfolding it rather than it just all being available at at one time which is kind of a nice aspect to it i think it's very clever um but what do you feel about that idea like do you think this is a good idea to um or do you think that it's kind of oversimplifying MMOs as a whole with since you have uh, more experience with MMOs. Seeing as how MMOs have gotten simplified over time in general, I think that, you know, simplifying the core gameplay is a good thing because it attracts more people. I see the biggest complaint when it comes to simplifying is like the character customization with their skills, right? Like, WoW in the old days had a whole skill tree. And then nowadays it's like you can pick one of three for each like certain amount of levels and it, it takes away the customization, you know, and it's it there's pros and cons of simplifying, especially with MMOs. I think spoon feeding people as they level and kind of like teaching them along the way is perfect because there are a lot of weird different mechanics MMO that you don't see in other games. And New World seems to be, it, it takes it in a different direction. Like, when I first saw New World, I was like, this looks like Elder Scrolls Online. Like, to me, it literally looked like almost the same thing. Um, But it was a lot easier to understand. Like, Elder Scrolls, I felt like they, it was like what you were saying before. Like, it just it's one of those games that just throws so much at you. And you're like, well, where the hell should I go? Like, I want to see all this stuff. But... You get overwhelmed and right. you just kind of give up. At least it was for me. Uh, with New World, like, I still want to try it out and see because, I mean, the PvP really attracts me. Like, that sounds really cool. And I always wanted to play, like, a control kind of territory with other people. Like, I feel like that's something you don't see. And I don't know. I, I've heard some issues with New World, but honestly, it's just the same kind of issues you see in other online games like that. But I do like the simplicity that New World kind of is breathing into it because the more people that get into these kind of games, the more mm -hmm. people will play, which means there might be more innovation right. in the long run. And I feel like another big thing that I've kind of learned from the show and doing a lot of research on different games is when it comes to reviews, like you can't really trust all the reviews that you're hearing, right? Like it's it's the same thing with movies. A lot of times... We've, we've talked about this on actually our other podcast, Murder of Grey, where when people review movies, a lot of times they say like, oh, this movie's garbage, it's trash. So you end up skipping it. And then like a few years later, you watch it and you're like, the movie was actually pretty entertaining. Like, it's not a perfect movie. It's not like Oscar worthy or whatever, but it was a fun experience. It was just fun to play or to, you know, witness the, the movie itself. And I find that's happening a lot with some of these games that are like, quote unquote, failures or just not good games or, you know, like the Metacritic score is just really bad. You know, it's getting like a two on IGN or whatever the crap, right? Like, but they're actually like just enjoyable experiences or they have something interesting and innovative 
to uh, like to add to the genre itself, which we might see in later games just done better. So I don't know. That's I'm I'm still curious another, about New World because of that. Another thing with reviews too, especially with game reviews, as I notice, is that a lot of people either pick like if it's a game and they deal deem as a failure, they'll only pick on the things yeah. that's wrong with it. You know, or if a game is really good, they won't tell you about any of the things that might be bad about it. And that's something that's always bothered me, especially with a lot of big reviewers. They just like focus on all of one side of things. They don't try to talk about maybe, you know, what's wrong with a game, but in a sense, like it gets cleaned up by this other thing or, you know, vice versa. It's just they're so deemed to shut something off when there actually could be something good in it. I mean, as someone who collects older games and I've been like doing a lot of research on older games back then, some games were just looked Mm -hmm. at as like trash, you know, like no one gave them the time of day or they were just totally ignored. And now they're like cult classics or, you know, they have, you know, hidden gem qualities to it where people are like, Oh my God, like why did no one talk about this? Or it was rated really bad before. And it's, yeah, there's some games out there that are trash, but most of the time you can at least find something good or something different in it that at least makes it stand out. And for me, like, I'll play any game, even if it's like I am Mayo or it's something stupid where you tap or the jar, you, you know, it's. <laughs> yes. And it it's just interesting to see what someone's work you know, because at the end of the day, all these games are made yeah. by somebody. So, I mean, it's still interesting to look at them and see, okay, like, what didn't work in this game? What could they have done differently? Because, I mean, if I was doing a, a review and I played a game and I didn't really like it, I would talk about what I didn't like and maybe ways to fix it. Because you never know, someone who's a game designer could be watching your yeah. review randomly and was like, that's a really good idea. I'm going to skip that and do something different with my game. And then there we go. We got the next masterpiece right. or something, you know, like it's, that's how I look at it. I, I always want to give a game a chance unless right. it's just awful, but even they deserve so, to be talked about. So real quick about. before we sign off here, I do want to ask you one final question. All right. And this is completely open-ended. Let's say budgets out of the question, like no, no worries. What is the world or style of MMO? Like, if you could make an MMO, what kind of MMO would it be? Would it be like the fantasy style MMOs that we're kind of seeing around? Like, what what like world would you build yours in? Ooh, this is hard because I am always a sucker for like a high fantasy kind of thing. But to me, the most ideal MMO. I mean, I would love a cyberpunk MMO. That'd, That'd be, be dope. Awesome. But the setting for me, I'm happy with almost any setting. It's more so what you could do in it. And this is, goes back even in the early 2000s when I first started playing these. And I read that, you know, in the early days, the early 90s, when people were making these kind of multiplayer games, they wanted to create these kind of roles. But it'd be cool if like, say you could be a blacksmith, but you're actually a blacksmith. Right. So it's like, you know, you would be there for your shift and you would actually like 
be making stuff like an actual like a job or something granted no one's gonna want to get off of an eight-hour shift of work <laughs> and then jump do more into work an MMO <laughs> and then do more work but it'd be cool if like you know there was the option where like oh let's make a mini game out of this you know like obviously you don't have to do the mini game you could just skip it but if people wanted to make it more immersive in a more like rp kind of way it'd be fun you know it'd be cool if there were different roles right like with 14, the thing I like about it is all the different crafting you can do. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like there's anything crazy different about them. But it's cool playing different roles, different professions. And I just, I like that immersion. Like, to me, that's how I get immersed is by doing a different role. And it'd be cool to see a game, you know, like earlier I was talking about with Ash's Creation, where your choices sculpt mm. the world. And I think as we're seeing that become more of a thing in games i think it might happen maybe you know years from now you know people seeing how the fortnite map changes they're like well why don't we do that to an mmo you know it's like wow did it with cataclysm where the map changed but that was after an expansion why not make it the player choice to change the map like it'd be cool if players had more of a voice in kind of changing the world like mm-hmm. make it like a vote you know and that's why like okay like if we change one thing we're going to change a different thing so both parties are kind of happy and create a fluid mm. world you know like i'm not talking about like a metaverse kind of thing where it's too realistic but give a give people the option who are really into these games to just fully get lost in it and i mean that could be a bad thing too but I don't know. Sometimes I sit back and that's kind of what keeps me away from MMOs is that it just, it's not as immersive as I'd want it to be. Interesting. Yeah. But what about you? Uh, what would you I want? I actually to would love to see like a ghost hunter kind of open MMO world game. Right. Like, like, Secret well, like, world. let's say, like, you are, you could be a ghost detective or you could be a ghost, right? Like, you pick different classes of what it might be. And, like, you can, like, like hmm. the whole point is to kind of, like, either haunt people or gather information or, you know, evidence of these ghosts being around, right? So, like, maybe you don't see them on, a like, a normal basis, but you can, you know, get EMF readers or whatnot, you know, like, and you level up your ghost hunting ability if you want to be a ghost hunter or if you want to be a ghost you can level up like your haunts and stuff like that yeah just like yeah demons in there too. i think that would be really fun just giving players the option to be what they want like because there are going to be both sides where like i actually would be like it would be fun to be a ghost but i think it'd be really rad to be like a ghost hunter like going to these certain houses where like oh like you know, like it could be like a hub world for the ghost and you're like, oh, I heard this gymnasium is like super haunted. Let's go check it out. Right. And you go there and you try and get like these things. But then the other players are either like messing with you or hiding, you know, like they they can kind of like interact in that way. And I think that would be really interesting. Just kind of like a kind of lighthearted, kind of but like, like just fun. Right. It could be like a faction system, kind of like how WoW had it with mm. the Horde and Alliance. Like, you know, you have your humans, the ghost adventurers, and then you have where you could be the ghosts, right? And there's different kind of ghosts. Mm. You could be a demon. 
and there could be that player interaction where, you know, there's going to be a quest line where as a human, you have to explore this huge mansion, right? But then you could see other ghost players and then it could be like a PVP setting, you know, like yeah. that'd be kind of yeah. cool. I think it'd be really fun. But, Ooh, I like that. Uh, you know, it, it's not your typical kind of MMO where you'd be everyone's kind of doing the same thing. So I think it'd be kind of more interesting to at least give players more of an option in that way. So you can kind of just have fun with it. And it, it, sure, like maybe let the players switch back and forth. So like today you're like, oh, I don't really want to be a hunter. I kind of want to mess with people a little bit, right? Like I want to go do some minor haunts. So you just go flip into the ghost role mm -hmm. and you just kind of do your thing. So maybe you have like two characters side by side that you can level up your ghost you and then like your actual hunter. So I think it'd be fun. Something different to throw out there. Oh, yeah. All right. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed our little dive into MMOs. Uh, gave you a little brief history on them. Uh, gave you a little bit of shocker that they've been around for quite a while now longer than probably most of us have been alive to be honest uh and just kind of seeing where they are now where they could be and yeah it's it's a very interesting genre and i'm definitely getting a lot more into it but i'm just curious to see where they go from here especially after seeing what new world is doing and how uh final fantasy 14 is kind of changing the game a little bit so yeah but thank you guys again for listening be sure to follow us on all the socials uh, share with friend, all that fun stuff. Thank you guys for all the love out there, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right, and bye. Bye.